she leads, she thrives. The home of inspired conversations, practical and creative wisdom, expansive leadership and business insights, abundant braggadocious moments of celebration, and useful info you can actually do something with. You'll hear about mindset, marketing, money, magnetism, self-awareness and the Thrive Factor framework, its archetypes and more. Amplify your role as a leader, a self-led soul. Tap into your effortless success zone. Turn your ingeniousness and wisdom into profitable income streams. From solo shows to guests you definitely want more from, there's something for every ambitious, ingenious soul. I'm Shannon Dunn, a true OG of the business coaching space with an obsession with thriving. You are so welcome here. Let's dive into today's episode. A great big hello, everyone. I'm Shannon Dunn, back here with another episode of She Leads, She Lies, She Thrives. Oh, my goodness, I get so tongue-tied in my own podcast name because I'm so excited about what I'm about to talk about and the guests we have today. But I've been, you know, I often get referred to as an OG in the business and leadership coaching space, and it's just because I've been around a long time, much like the young lady that I'm going to be talking to today. So I am so happy to have Suze Chadwick here. So Suze is on the other side of Australia to me. We're just chatting about that whole distance and how I'm so far away from, like, the pulse of things sometimes, it feels like. Um but I've been following Suze. I, I I kind of lost track of how long, honey, because it's it's quite a while. And you very much live up to the brand kind of promise that you put out there. You are so authentic with what you do. And I, you know, your name comes up in different circles in chatting with business. So it's very cool to actually be finally talking to you. As you said, we kind of, you know, interact with content and chat in the DMs, but this is a whole different thing. So I'm really excited to see what our conversation, where that takes us today. And let me let me kind of share the bio bit so we kind of get to know who Suze is and then we'll dive into actually creating a conversation. So Suze Chadwick is a bold business mindset coach and mindset coach and 100% you will get the boldness. <laughs> no, no, put no pressure, Suze, but I think you just being you, that's just who you are, right? That's what um, you're going to get. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then a speaker supporting entrepreneurs to go from business confusion to clarity, courage, and CEOing at the next level. I love that. If you want to be the go-to person in your industry, you want clients clambering for your brand of awesome source, then you're in for luck. With over 15 years as a brand consultant working with global brands and entrepreneurs, leaders, and teams, Suze knows what works when it comes to creating a business mindset and brand that helps you stand out. Oh, do you get what sometimes when you hear people read your bios go, oh, look at the cool stuff I've done, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the author of Play Big, Brand Bold, hosts of the popular Brand Builders Lab podcast and the creator of Bold Business Academy and the Amplifier Accelerator. She now works with savvy women in business to create courageously bold brands, get out of their own way and build profitable businesses that make you take you from messy to magnetic. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> that I'm like, maybe I need a shorter one, but all no, good. Goodness, no, goodness, no. God, my, my, I've got like about five different lengths of versions of my bio, <laughs> depending on what people want. But I, I definitely sometimes I listen and I go, oh, yeah, that is me. That is what I've done. So, and yeah, so how many words, how many times do we have the word bold in your, in your intro? Like a lot. So a few times, yeah. you know, it is, it is a word that I have built my brand on. Yeah. I have been using it for yeah like seven or eight years so I'm just like it just resonates for me in a big way well it I think 
having, as I said, kind of watched you from afar, listened to you, you, you're very big on social media and and love like your candy kind of chats about things and, you know, all sorts of stuff around life and business. But there's a boldness to it every time. But there's no question or hasn't ever been any question in my mind, Sue, is that that's just you really being you. You know, we talk about being authentic, but, like, just no, no feeling like, you've overly kind of manufactured to be bold. You just are. Yeah, I think for me, I've just always been a bit of a straight talker. And I think that with, and I always say in a loving way, yes. I'm like, you know, I am I, I am somebody that likes to have straight conversations. Mm. I like to kind of, you know, share things how I see them. And and also, I just kind of think, you know, we're here, for, <laughs> we're here for a good time, not a long right. time, Shannon. And I just oh, think, totally, <laughs> you know, if you're gonna do something, let's like do it. Let's like get on with it. Let's go after the big things because, like, why not? Why wouldn't right. you? Right? Yeah, for sure. I, I'm so on the same page with you about that one. And the fun, I think. I have definitely had times where I've not been as fun as I maybe am now. And, you know, my kind of professional life dominated my business life for a lot mm-hmm. of time with that, the, you know, the corporate, the way to be. And I know you've got a corporate background as well. Um, so, in fact, that's something I'd love to to actually kind of lead as a question with is that you do make an impact with your fresh, I think, like vibrant, effervescent personality and so much colour, which also made so much sense to me because I equally love colour. But, you know, how did you navigate that time, corporate kind of time, before you came into business? Because I don't know about you, but I was kind of, I felt like my personality was squashed a lot in corporate because I wasn't encouraged or allowed. I've been told, now you need to wear a business suit. Mm. Like what? Or like wearing a brightly coloured scarf and being told, oh, that's a bit much. Like stuff like that, right? Interesting. Yeah. So how how did you go with that kind of thing? Or were were you... Bit of both. I have always, I feel like I've always been personality led and I've always been, if I'm honest, a really big fashion girl. So I used to have, before I had my business and stuff, when blogs were a thing, I used to have a fashion blog. I used to go to like all of the fashion week stuff. Like I was, you know, when I used to work in London, I'd be like at all the designer sales and, you know, queuing up around the block with all the girls. And so I've always expressed myself through color and fashion and the things that I love. So that's, I think, something that's just always been part of me personally and then professionally. And because I was in sales, like I was in recruitment when I was in corporate, there's a couple of, there's two things is that one, you're kind of, uh, you're celebrated for being bold and loud because we're in a sales environment. So you kind of have to be pretty like gutsy and go after things and so that that kind of a background or that career or that kind of area is definitely more when I think about that it makes me think of the more extroverted people in the world being you know being ideal for that sales kind of you know energy yeah yeah absolutely and I definitely did used to do the whole suited and booted thing it never really like I wasn't ever fussed by it Uh, But when I probably got into my late 20s, uh, I did used to wear a lot of like really colorful dresses and I just, I threw all the suits away. Uh, And I was working at Deloitte Consulting at the time in London 
And I did used to stand out and you know something, Shannon, I loved it. I'd yeah. like, they would see yeah. me coming and, and so yeah, fashion's always been a really fun way. Like it makes me feel fun. I feel good when I feel like I look good, like when I love what I'm wearing, which has been a really interesting kind of brand evolution for me as well, because even in the last year, I was always like a Gorman girl and that was very much a brand I I recognize that (laughs) brand identity for me. But kind of probably at the beginning of last year, I kind of felt, and this is really interesting mindset thing is that this is how much I'm connected to my fashion is that I was like, I feel like I'm ready to really up-level my business. And so if I am going to be thinking at like the seven-figure CEO level and being the kind of personal brand that I want to be, then what does that person do? How does that person look? How does she act? And so I kind of really changed my fashion aesthetic because it's how I express myself where I was like, if, if I put on something and I feel really luxe and I feel really slick, then that's what I want because that's where, that's like what I want to create more of. So how do I step into that more now? So we had a full brand refresh. I pretty much changed my wardrobe. Like I sold a lot of my old stuff. And whilst I still love the colorful things, it was just a really interesting mindset shift for me um, where, you know, I think identity is a really big thing when it comes to what we're willing to go after is kind of how we, like, how do we see ourselves and what do we think we're capable of? So for me, fashion's always been part of my life. But the other thing around the corporate thing is that I always had really, really strong female leaders around me. Ah, uh, lucky you. Yeah, like <laughs> always. Like my first boss in recruitment was a woman. And then uh, and then even when I moved to London, I had a female, like I had a number of female bosses. My C, A lot of my CEOs were females. Yeah. And it was just really interesting. I know that's probably not the typical experience that a lot of people have. Yeah. But I had really fierce like female leaders in my life. And my mum's, my mum, I come from a strong Christian home and my mum used to lecture in front of like 300 women every week. Wow. Like I was surrounded by women who were not wallflowers, let's say. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. <laughs> and it shows, right? It, it does, it plays out in the way that we then express ourselves. You know, I both of my grandmothers were business owners. So again, you know, that was something, and I didn't question whether as a woman you could be in business because I'd seen it, right? Um, You know, one of them was very big and very definitely out there doing things. The other one was the behind the scenes. It was business with my grandfather, but there's no doubt in my mind who was the boss. It was my Nana, (laughs) for sure. So Yeah, definitely. But you're right. Like identity has a huge part in, you know, what we want to create. But, you know, I'd love to know before we kind of get more into the boldness in different ways and what it, what that even means and how does it, why does it matter in the brands kind of stuff that you do, what was the launch pad for you to get into your own business? Yeah, so I, um, in a nutshell, so I was in recruitment. I used to manage like large recruitment. I headed up recruitment for consulting across Europe for Deloitte. And then we had this really big project where they wanted to like hire a hundred consultants. And so they brought a brand agency in Ah. and the brand agency worked with me as a head of recruitment to do these brand activations. So it was like train stations, newspapers, events, social media, like, and 
I was just like, what is this amazing? I was like, this is like so fun. This is so creative. This is so incredible. And like, it's part of business. Like who gets to do this for a living? So that was kind of my first taste of branding and all of the things that go with it, building community, like creating things that attract and captivate people, those sorts of things. And so I, that was kind of, the first bug that bit me. And then when I came back to Australia, there was a, I went, was still in recruitment and there was a consultant that came in for a meeting one day and she was a brand consultant who was going to help us on another campaign. Anyway, I was just about to pop. I was like the week that I was going off on maternity leave. And so I went off, I had my baby and about four or five months later, I sent her a message on LinkedIn and I said, Sam, I don't know if you remember me. We were in this meeting a few months ago, but I really want to get into this space and I'll work for you free of charge for a day a week while I'm on maternity leave. If you like teach me how to do this. And she was like, yeah, sure. So on a Thursday while my baby was sleeping, I'd be on like Skype calls with her and her clients. We'd go through brand strategies, (laughs) social media strategies, marketing, selling, like community building, all the rest of it. And when I went back to corporate, I said to my CEO, I actually think that there's a gap here. And I think that we could like provide employer branding services to our corporate clients. And she said, go do it. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So so I think this, you know, and one of the one of the parts of that story is that I had spoken to my director and I'm like, I really want to get into branding. I really want to, I don't want to people manage anymore. Yeah. And just at that time, somebody who they had kind of started doing a little bit of it, but the person who was doing it wanted to come back into people management. Huh. And so it was just serendipitous yeah, at like the time. Did a job swap almost. We did a job swap. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, I basically took that full time and we opened, like we started doing it in the Americas, Asia yeah. Pac and Europe. And yeah. so we were now doing like employer, like large scale employer branding projects for like biggest pharmaceuticals, biggest media, yeah. investment banks, all of that. And so that's kind of where my brand chops, I guess, were built. And then because I built that business, I had girlfriends that were like on maternity leave going, I don't want to go back into corporate. How do I do this? So I over dining room tables and glasses of wine, I'd be like, right, like this is your business strategy. This is how you build your brand. This is how you price and like price and package your services. Like this is how you're going to go get clients. And they were just like, you need to do this. Yes, yes, they're right. Like, you need to get paid for this. And I was like, all right. So they referred me to friends and stuff. And then I kind of started my business and I built it on the side for a long time. Yeah. 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 That's such a great story. And I don't think I've ever heard you share that, which is why I was like, I want to know more. Like I'm curious, I'm such a curious person, sticky beak. But I've, I love the founder stories so much because they, they're often like that. They're almost like accidental, but also intentional yeah. at the same time. Cause it makes complete sense that you ended up in, in branding, right. And working with, you know, people around their brand and particularly their personal brand Yeah, in that your own, again, as you said earlier, identity is being something you've been aware of how important that is yeah makes yeah sense. and we it's no mistakes right we all end up exactly where we're meant to be even if we start somewhere very different which a lot of us <laughs> a lot of us have done and very much so so 
What does it mean to be bold? Let's get Suze's definition of what it means to be bold and why it matters. Like why is why do we want to even be mindful of this? I don't know about you, but in the business space, I have had conversations over many years with a lot of women that feel terrified about putting themselves out there. Mm. So I think if you'd say to them, like, you need to be more bold, they'd kind of almost want to run away faster. So, like, why is it important so we can give everyone who's listening kind of a reason and hopefully a motivation to connect with their own boldness? Yeah, I love that. And you know something, so bold, and I'm very much a word person, so mm. bold means to break the mold, to go against the grain like and to do things. Rebel energy. Yeah. And to challenge the status quo. So that's what it means. So sometimes people look at me and they're like, I'm not extrovert like you. I'm not bright and colorful like you. I'm not loud like you, etc." which is a compliment or good. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I just say that's got nothing to do with being bold. Yes. Yeah. That's like my personality has got nothing to do with being bold. I know that that's what people think that it means a lot of the time, but that's not what it means. And so, you know, I talk about like, I think Chanel is bold. Chanel is like black and white and bold. Why? Because they do things differently. They go against the grain. They kind of set the tone for the industry and what right. luxury looks like. They have a unique identity that's not created off the back end of others. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so I think that when we when you take a look at your business and what you do, it is about going against the grain. It's saying, okay, I see my market. I see what's happening. What is unique about me? What makes me stand out? What makes me like be the person of choice? Literally just sent out an email about this. Like, why should your clients choose you? What are you doing differently? How are you engaging with them, creating, like working with them in a different way? And how are you kind of helping yourself to stand out in the crowd? Like, what are you saying that's different? And, you know, it could be that you're going against what something that's in the industry. Maybe you've just got incredible thought leadership that helps you really stand out. Um, you know, maybe you're challenging your clients in a different way and yeah. taking the conversation to the next level rather than talking about what everybody else is talking about. And so I just think that especially now, I mean, we were talking about that, you know, you feel like an OG in the industry, yeah. but I just think there are so many businesses in the in the market now, which is fine. That's not the problem. The problem is that there are so many that are the same. That's right. the problem. It's that I was saying to someone yesterday, I recorded an episode four for this next series. And um the particularly when I look at the business, like the kind of business coach space in the North American and the European market, in my nerdy observation, curious kind of space. Sometimes it's very easy to work out exactly who they're working with and kind of always almost like up the line of who that coach's coach is and that kind of thing because all their per- like their what I would hope their personality gets lost and the language they use the visuals they use the tone of the their visuals it all becomes the same and it breaks my heart so it's probably yours too like when you see that because like but I, I saw you when you were kind of just starting or and you used to be this or you used to share this or you looked like this and now I'm kind of not sure who you are because you look like everyone sound like everyone else yeah so I can I kind of understand it when we're trying to find our our groove and trying to get clear on who we actually are and work out what our identity is but I would much rather see you honor yourself and find your one thing that's different and really put your energy and excitement and everything into that 
and let that become your kind of leading force in your business. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something that I, you know, have been thinking about and talking about quite a lot sort of in the last month is, is the content coma where we consume so much that, sorry. So it's ridiculous how much. Yeah. We consume (laughs) so much of other people's stuff that we kind of are now in a coma to the fact that we're not creating. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've kind of been on a consumption hiatus for quite a while and I think you've just got to ask yourself, like when you want to be bold, you can't constantly have everybody else's stuff feeding into you if you're trying to create something unique and different. And so I think that if, you know, if any of your listeners are sitting there going, but I don't really know what like my unique thing is, or if I don't really know like what I think or that's not, I guess, a regurgitation or a reinvention of somebody else's yes. stuff. The reason is, is that sometimes we've got to kind of give ourselves the space to think. We've got to take away all the noise and actually spend some time in the deep thinking. And one of the things that I actually learned when I was in corporate that I really loved is that when I was kind of developing all the stuff for the brand agency, my director said to me, Suze, I want you to take like a day off a fortnight or a half a day just for thinking time. Like I want you to, cool. yeah, that's what I mean. I had some pretty like amazing female leaders. Immediately the the next, after call, the next phrase that came to mind was avant-garde, like not like what normal people do again. So an expression of bold. Yeah, absolutely. And so she would say to me, just, just take like a half a day just to think, because I had to come up with like all the concepts that we were going to be selling. And I had to like, think about how we were going to present it and all the rest of it. So she's like, just take some thinking time. And that's never left me. So for me, you know, I actually do have time where I'll take my notebook and I'll go sit on my big like lounge out in the backyard or whatever. And I'll just be like, what is it that I want to say about this? Like, what do I think about that? And I may have been inspired a little bit by somebody else talking about something, but then I'll go away and say, well, what do I think about that? And what have my experiences been? And what's the stories that I can bring to it? And do I agree? Do I disagree? Like, I think we don't give ourselves the time to really create amazing content, thought leadership that is what you will be remembered for. Like when you think about, for me, my icons are Elizabeth Gilbert, Brené Brown, like they're incredible thinkers. Mm. They have unique stories and ideas to offer the world. And I can tell you now, they're probably not mass consumers. Yeah, I I would agree with you that because I actually had a conversation with Liz Gilbert. So I was an opening keynote speaker for an event nearly three years ago And she was the kind of like headlining speaker. Mm. And I actually had a conversation with her about that. I also talked to her about her Thrive to Archetypes. that I didn't need to profile her. She was so strong in who she was, so convicted in her expression of self that it was easy for me, having worked with them for so long, to creating them and working with them to know what, what they could be. But I talked to her about that uniqueness. And one of the real key things that stood out for me was she said, I I listen to myself first. Yes. Right. So that's exactly what you're saying. And yet sometimes that can feel challenging to do because there is so much noise, so much influence. But I tend to find that often when we are kind of tapping into everything else, we get very confused. And that state of confusion can create an internal state of chaos and that challenge to identity. 
Like we don't yes. know who we are because we're trying to kind of be the thing we think we need to be based on what we think the definition of being successful or whatever it is looks like and we get lost. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's a really interesting one. Like I think the whole listening to yourself and it's uncomfortable. Like people find that really uncomfortable to be in their own company with their own thoughts, actually saying, what is it that I want to say? And just going back to what you said earlier on as well, Shannon, is that, you know, when some women think about standing out or being bold or putting themselves out there, it's just like, like fear of that. Huge. And so when we listen to ourselves and we come up with our own ideas, there's a fear of what if, what if I'm, what if people think I'm wrong? What if people disagree with me? What if this doesn't land? And Mm. I'm just kind of like, if you have something to say, spend time working out what it is, spend time developing the idea, the concept, the process, the model, the thought leadership, whatever it is. And kind of like, you know, go out there with that conviction right? like this and be okay with people disagreeing with you. It's fine. Yeah. You don't need everybody to agree with you. You just want to be connecting with and reaching the right clients who have a values alignment, who want what you have, who you know you can help. And everybody else, as my mother would say, can go to pot. Yes. You know, <laughs> like it's just, I'm just, I just think we we live in a word, world where you know, we ha- we find comfort in conformity. Yes. And I just really want to challenge that. Yeah. And you do. And you do beautifully, <laughs> right? A great, great model world, role model. And this is, I think, what the business world is actually craving is more role models who are like, I'm doing it this way and I'm going to evolve my own way over time. I might say, you know, I know what's happening in the marketplace or I'm aware of that kind of thing, mm. but I don't necessarily need to conform to believe I'm going to end up wherever I want to end up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it, again, we need more role models doing that, more of that kind of rebellious nature. And Rebel, you know, I've had lots of stuff to do with rebellious women over the years. Um, one of my four archetypes is the one that we call the rebel. So I don't do what everyone else does, but I'm not as extreme as if you tell me to do that, I'm going to do the complete opposite. I'm like, yeah. no, I'll take it on board. or I'm going to find my own path to do it. It's sometimes also been a a break on some things that sometimes too being the rebel um but equally it's that you know also putting that message out there that being that bold individual or being rebellious does not mean being loud it does not mean upsetting everybody it does not mean deliberately going out there and trying to speak against what the kind of accepted norm and trend is and I think sometimes that's where it gets mis kind of construed people think that that's what being bold or being a bit rebellious is, is that you are the disruptor, but not in a good way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I don't, obviously I don't think about it that way. And no, I, find it, I find it, I find it really interesting uh, because I also think that obviously people's personal experiences impacts the way that they interpret things. Um, for me, I just, I think about, you know, the people that have pave the way, the people who Mm. have come up with new ideas, the people who have done things really differently and had massive success. Like to me, one of the things I, you know, always say to clients as well is like, it's fine to look at other people who, you know, in the market, Mm. but look at people who aren't competitors. Like, why don't you look at like what Apple does or what, you know, um, Rare Birds, which is like a New Zealand footwear company that's now valued at $2 billion, 
um, you know, they did something completely, they wanted a non-branded shoe. Yeah. And so, and so I just think like be intrigued mm. by what people who are having success and not following the status quo, be intrigued by them and like find out more about like what, what you could do that could be similar to that. Like if you want to look at somebody to, you know, to uh, not copy, but kind of be inspired by, look to people outside of your industry so that you can kind of bring this eclectic new way of thinking that is different to what everybody else might be doing in your space. Yes, because it's it's very easy to get caught up in that. It's almost like a trap in some ways of just looking at what other people who do what you do do, uh, you know, what they're doing, how they're the language they're using, the visuals they're using, the way that they're, um, you know, capturing whatever it is, and to think that that's the way to do it. No, mm. firstly, so that's such an awesome suggestion to to go outside. To, that's a bold move. So anyone listening. Just do that. Take that as one action from today. Go and look at uh, someone, as you said, that you admire. Find someone that's doing something that's a little bit unusual, perhaps, but is it really? But use it, understand it, use it as motivation for sure. So I think we kind of touched on this to a point, but I want to get the kind of your summary of this. Why is personal brand so important in business? And kind of maybe right now, you know, in this and where we are in the world at the moment. Yeah, because because there are a lot of businesses out there and because a lot of people offer similar services, the only difference is you. Mm. Like the only difference, like if if I, if I offer coaching, you offer coaching and 5, 10, 15 million other people offer right. coaching. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. our thought leadership is what makes us different and our personality and the way in which we approach it, yeah. So those are like the main things that we, you know, we can have, um, like different models and things like that. But at the end of the day, somebody's going to say, is that the person that I want to work with? Mm. Is the way that she or he thinks, is the way like their personality, their energy mm. is like the, the unique things that they share? Like, does that intrigue me? Like, do I think, wow, like that sounds super interesting for me. So at the end of the day, your main differentiator is you in your business. So I'm a massive believer in personal brand. And I even used to work with leadership teams in corporate to help them kind of really, I guess, amplify their personal brands because that would be the differentiator. Like, you know, a a, can, a senior candidate, if we're talking about employer brand, which is what I used to do, you know, like a senior operations person could be having um, like so many great offers from different businesses, but they might all offer the same thing. They might all have great packages. They might all give great salaries, but at the end of the day, who does he want to work with? Right. And so who does she want to work with? And so you've got to understand how people buy. Mm. Like we buy what we want to be, do and have, yeah, we want to be around and buy from people who really resonate for us and whose energy we want to be in. And so it's really important for you to be able to share that if you want to have that as a differentiator. That's it. Yeah, because you might not. I mean, you and I probably wouldn't understand what people say. Like, I don't, I don't need to be that unique and that different, but it makes such a difference. And as you said, particularly in the coaching space where you and I are, you know, it's yeah. not the coaches listening to this, but I feel like with the pandemic and the change in employment for a lot of people, that there's been the greater number of coaches entering the marketplace yeah. than ever before. 
Yeah. yeah. Like I think I saw the other day that it's like, I don't know, is it a $40 billion industry or something like that yes. now? But yeah, it's massive. And I just think, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, but there's so many coaches out there. But when I speak to individuals, they're like, yeah, I just know about you and like one other person. Yeah, right? So because we're in the industry, it can feel like, oh my gosh, there's so many. But to a person, like a client who's looking for help, they might know two or three people. Yeah. And so that's who you're up. You Like if we're talking about like, you know, um, having competition or, you know, being assessed against others, if they're looking at two or three people, then they're going to make a decision. Well, I guess these three people could help me, but which one like resonates for me the most? Yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, and that's a good reminder as a reality check for everybody is that, like you said, we are in the coaching space. So we see the billions of coaches, but our ideal clients, if they're not coaches, because I know you're like you and I are similar in that we don't just coach coaches, coach business owners. Yeah. It may happen to do coaching. um, That that those people uh, do not see what we see and they don't see the flooded kind of marketplace of people in, in this particular space. So I want to take this personal brand and connect it to, I know you do a lot of work supporting your clients around speaking and getting mm-hmm. paid kind of speaking. So tell us about that for anyone who might be kind of like, they might. Um, I think they probably would potentially get, and when we're talking about ambitious, intelligent souls listening here, get that there's a link between personal brand and speaking. But <laughs> How do you make it easy for people who kind of are not really sure about the importance of building and nourishing that personal brand? So that again, when it comes to a you're pitching yourself or you're invited to speak, it's it's so easy for you to be selected over the other candidates that may be in the running for whatever that role is. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if you've run events or not, Shannon. Have you run um, events? Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure that you know, I mean, I've run events as well. So yes, I am a paid speaker, but I have also come at it from an event organizer's perspective. And at the end of the day, there's a couple of things that need to happen. I want somebody who is unique, who has a different way of thinking and talking about what it is that they do. But if you've got a good following, that's going to make my life as an event organizer a whole lot easier (laughs) because you're a name that people know. Maybe you've got a community that are willing to follow you to come to the event as well. Like I, you know, I am conscious of giving people who don't have like all the speaking opportunities, opportunities where I can. But as an event organizer, I also know I'm going to make my job a whole lot easier if they've got a brand that attracts people. Like when I first started my business, the very first event, I do not recommend this to anybody, but the very (laughs) first event I ever ran was Epic Summit. And Lisa Messenger was my keynote speaker. And this was in 2015. So the collective was like doing really well at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't have like a big community. I had like a small following in that. And I thought, here comes the brand consultant. Who can I brand Jack? Yeah. Yes. So uh, so I was thinking about if I was going to have this event, like who is somebody that I would love to see who I know has got the community that I want to connect with. And so I Googled her email address. I sent her an email. Um, We ended up having her at the event. We had her at a day and night event. She was exclusive at the event. Um, And, you know, we had 200 women that came in the day and, and it was amazing, but 
I knew I could do that and it was expensive, but I knew I could do it because of her brand. Right. Like don't underestimate the power of a personal brand. You build mm-hmm. your personal brand, you create unique thought leadership, you put yourself out there and the speaking gigs and the requests will come to you rather than you having to always go out and try and find them. Completely. And I'm sure like I have, you've had seemingly random invitations to speak, whether it be on a virtual kind of summit or platform or in person that you're like, how did you find me? And most of the time people say to me, you were recommended and it's kind of an and, or you were recommended and, or, and, or I found you online. Yeah. Yeah. And I was intrigued. I looked at more and I saw you also were a speaker and, you know, listen to, which I think is also important when we're talking about social media and our opportunity to actually speak to camera. I've often had or increasingly had people say, I listened to you and I could hear that you're articulate and you had something to say. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting a speaker that you're like, oh, this is not going well. (laughs) Been there. Been there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the other thing is that, uh, you know, I've had a lot of speaking gigs from the podcast. So, you know, even like one of my listeners, she, uh, she's like the, uh, director of a national financial services, like um, for adva- financial advisors. They're the body that okay. like looks after financial advisors. I don't see, I'm like, I don't even know exactly what they do, but <laughs> she listens to the podcast and she invited me to come and speak at their conference up in um, like near Byron uh, for, yeah, there was like a hundred financial advisors in the yeah. room. And I talked about creating unique brand experiences for their clients and stuff. And it was fantastic. It was so oh, fun. Yeah. Um, and so I just remember, like I used to do video years ago and then we were renovating our house. And I remember Darren Rouse on a, do you know, pro blogger, Darren yes, Rouse. Yes. Yeah. He's an OG as well. Uh, He was on a Facebook Live and he said, if you want to be a speaker, then start a podcast because basically you have to give a keynote every single week. Like, yeah. And so then you you like people can hear what you're like. They can get your energy. They can see the quality of the content that you share. And I have had so many speaking like requests through the podcast, which has yeah. been amazing. So, so it's cool. just about where you build your brand as well. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I think you know, anyone who might be listening in and you know, don't take it the wrong way. Suze didn't say go and start your own podcast, uh, but you could getting becoming like in, invited as a guest on other people's yeah. podcasts that where there is active promotion. And you also actively promote, as I say to to um, guests that I have on the show all the time, particularly those that are not as as familiar with being on podcasts. It's like You've co-created an incredible asset that is you in the spotlight as the guest in a podcast. Don't just kind of share that once and then leave it. Use it and use it like put it in in your, if you've got a speaker bio, put a link in there to someone to go and listen to you on that podcast or summit or whatever it was. Ask for the recording if you can get it. Some yeah. people will happily share aspects of that. Um, make the most of it, you know incredible yeah. asset that doesn't get used like I think it could be so yeah very very cool so yes a personal personal brand is just it can take you so many places and I think there is such an incredible opportunity right now we live in a world that is very creative I think mm. a lot of people don't realize how much and it's just that one little thing that might be unique about you could be the difference yeah 
And it yeah. doesn't have to be a huge thing at all. I think there's a lot of people that I've certainly talked to have felt like it needed to be a big significant thing. No, not not at all. No, and I think it's just being, I think, it, you know, this is kind of where just being true to yourself and being authentic. Like I said, yeah. like a lot of people remember me for my fashion. I love, like it's very much a part of me. Another thing, you know, Gorman was something I brand jacked when I used to wear a lot of their stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, lychee martinis, like it's got nothing to do yes. with business, but someone will send me like a picture of them out where they're at a bar or something. And they're yep. like, I saw lychee martini on the menu and, and I, I decided to order it and thought yeah. of you. So yeah. I'm just like, I you know, it. I think you can really like bring your personality out and whatever mm. you love, that makes you memorable. That makes right. you unique and different. Like this is one of the things where, you know, some people like, I only want to share about business because people are only following me for business. And if you want to do that, that's, that's totally fine. That's up to you. But I'm like, you know, something I'm a whole person just by the way, like I actually really love my dog, Bo. Yes. I really love fashion. I got kids. I'll talk to you about business till the cows come home. But like there's, there's, I have parts of me and there are some things like, you know, I share a lot of that. There'll be other things that I don't share, which is personal and private, which is fine. But I think that when you bring your whole self to your business and you allow people to connect with you on a deeper level, that's when you become magnetic. That's when people are like, I want to come and see and like what you're up to today. And I want to see what she's wearing and I want to see like what's happening or whatever. And so I think just really ask yourself, are you connecting with your audience in a real way? And you choose what, what you share. You always have a choice about what and how much you share, but I, you, I think you're missing an opportunity if you don't let people into your life in some way. Again, in context of what feels good for you to yeah. share safe or whatever is relevant for most people. So yeah, very cool. Um, I kind of got two key questions I want to ask you before we do, cause I'm kind of starting to wrap up. It's like, which one am I going to go with next? Right. Um, <laughs> I, and both of them are relevant, of course, or I would have them in here as my I can give you two short that. answers if that's easier, or we can go for one longer answer, whatever we, you want. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We'll work with it. But I think one of the things that I've asked all the guests, so is, is, as you have answered this in their questions, when you kind of book the time to come and chat with me on the podcast is, you know, what's your superpower? And you listed a, a few really cool things, right? <laughs> I was like, but one of them I wanted to know more about. And this one, as you said, being able to work across business and mindset challenges in a deep way. What do you mean by that in terms of the deep way? Yeah, so, you know, when I first came into business and I'd come from a brand background and a very like strategy-driven like project management, like this is the goal, this is the outcome, this is what we want to do. And so we do these things and then we get to the outcome. So for me, it was very straightforward. But when I came into coaching women, we'd like do their strategy. So we'd be like, this is the goal. These are the things. This is what you're going to do. Yes. Great, Suze. Yes. And then a month or two would pass and I'd be like, "Uh, hey there, What's, uh, what's going on? And they just, and there was just all of this fear, all of this, like the blocks and the fears and the thoughts and all the rest of it, which if I'm honest, Shannon, I did not realize was there when I came into the coaching space. Like I just wasn't aware of it. Um, and so I ended up interviewing about 50 
women, like one-on-one and okay. just asking lots and quick, this is like the old recruiter in me coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, right. So why and how and when, and then what, <laughs> like, you know, all of those. Tapping into the skills that you have naturally. Yeah. yeah. Get some answers. Yeah. And so, and so I, and then I kind of learned, I learned about like, you know, things like people's parents used to tell them to be seen and not heard. And now in their business and 20 years later, they still like they can't be visible because they should be seen and not heard. Or somebody who has really struggled with their weight a lot, but is an amazing speaker, but doesn't want to put themselves out there because of fear of judgment. Mm. So there was just a lot of stuff that kind of came up where I was just like, wow, I just had no idea about that. So for me, I now work and I'm a certified like mindset NLP neuro rewiring coach. And so we can go deeper into some of those things, not always, but you know, if there's something where somebody's like, I really want to change my thought. Like, Mm -hmm. I think this, like, I think I have to work really hard in order to be successful. Like that's the thought. How do we change that thought? And so that's where some of the deep work comes in, where we can use certain techniques and coach them over a period of time to change those beliefs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love it. I, you know, there's certain, um, like I love Brooke Castillo as far as like her thought leadership goes and things like that. And, you know, I love that she says there's no such thing as a block. There's yes. just a thought that you like the way you've got the that. option to change yes. the thought. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I which I love. And so I just think, I think in our industry, which is totally fine, I think we learn and we evolve as we go, but I think there's a lot of language that almost allows us to stay stuck. It's like, but Shannon, I've got a, that's a block. I have a block about that. Yeah. Um, I have a money block. I have a, like, you know, like I can't do that block. And I'm just like, it's not a block because it feels like a piece of cement in front of you that somehow you won't be able to move. And so I really love working with my clients to decrease the drama around the thoughts if we can, so that they can feel more ease to shift and change them to achieve what they want. Yeah. That's a very, very cool. And I, I really feel, Suze, that in answering that, you've also summed up what I see as the brilliance in coaching, like actual coaching, um, not advice giving and not consulting of telling people what to do, but being able to work with them to understand what may be interfering or influencing what they're actually doing or not doing, yeah, so that they yeah. can have a different outcome and one that they say they want to have. Um, yeah, makes to such a difference. Very, very cool. All right, so the other question or I've got some of my questions for you. So maybe you can give me three things, mindset practices. Yeah. So what mindset practices are your kind of favorite go-tos that you can share with everyone to do bold things? Okay. So two mindset practices that I'll give you that are really clean and hopefully simple. (laughs) Uh, First one is intentional thought setting. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So there's two things I do. So number one, I've got like intentional thoughts written on a number of pieces of paper and stuck to like a board on my, on the side. So these are the thoughts I intentionally want to have. Have one here as well. Every day. I love it. (laughs) High-fiving you. Um, You know, so there's that. And then what I do is like in the mornings, not every morning, but in the morning, if I've got things that are happening, I'll sit and I'll write down like how I want my day to be, how I want to be in my day, what energy I want to bring to things and things that I want to either manifest 
or create space for. So it's a very like intentional, like this is what I want to do, be, create today. Yeah. And I'm and I'm really focused on that. So that is one. Um, those are sort of the, the ones that I that I do. And then the other one I talk about a lot is flipping the script. So for example, sit down and think about one thing that you'd really like to do and write down all the reasons why. You, you're not doing that or what your thoughts are around it. And then I want you on the opposite side of the page to write the opposite of that. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And then try it on. Yeah. Try so the try the thought on, see how it feels. It's not like going to be like amazing instantaneous magic, but I just think sometimes we sit so stuck in like the thoughts that we have and the beliefs that we have. And I'm like, how about we just flip mm. it and we see what that looks like. I wonder how interesting that would be. Like, let's be yeah. interested and curious and yes. like maybe open to the possibilities of a different way of being. Right. Because it's out there. I, I talk a lot about the lens of curiosity. Oh, I'm going to yeah. have a podcast episode like just on that um, at some point in time. But it's, it's so often we get stuck in those, yeah, the thinking and then that behavior that that or action or inaction that goes along with that thought and the, the mindset patterning of, of deciding, like attaching meaning and making it like a be an end all truth. No, it can change in any moment yes. in time, but you have to be intentional and influential about that. But I did love the intention setting aspect. I have a program, one of my many programs in my suite of programs called intentionality around that very thing. Love it. Uh, that's, you know, you we are the most influential individuals on everything that we do yeah. and create. You got to own that though. Take yeah. it on, right? Yeah, very, very cool. All right. So some questions I'm asking all of the guests. What role does leadership play in your life and business? I see myself as a leader in my community, and I think that it's important to ask yourself questions through that lens. Like as the leader of this community, what kind of culture do I want to set for my community? What kind of tone? What what would I tolerate and what will I not tolerate within my community and being quite open and about that as well. And so I think that as business owners, especially if you do have a personal brand, you have a community and you're building your brand on a wider stage. I think it's really important for you to lead from a values perspective uh, and just, you know, be really straightforward with people about what this journey is going to be like and if they want to come great and if they don't that's okay that's it it's not for them yeah. in that time in that moment love it how do you know when you're thriving <laughs> how do I know when I'm thriving I'm happy a lot that's <laughs> I know I'm thriving it's really interesting because uh, I know that I, I know, I know when I might be thriving, but it doesn't mean everything's going really well. Oh, right. And that, that's something that I like to talk about a lot is that thriving isn't this definition of perfection perfect world or, yeah. Life or business. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, thriving is where I feel like I'm in flow, where I'm doing the work the majority of the time that I want to be doing and not stuck in other things. Um, and also just where I've got, like, I've got people around me who feed my mind and my thinking and my thoughts and like just juicy, yeah. juicy conversations, yeah. things like that. Yes. Like the nourishment that's yeah. about it. soak it up and really, I think mm. both enjoy it, but participate in it. Like it's a yeah. co-creation. Yeah. 
Very cool. I have said this a few times. I think I, at some point we're going to have to do some episodes and get all of the answers to these questions and kind of do a mashup because the diversity in the answers has been so cool, exactly so as good. I expected. And I wanted to see the individual thoughts and feelings around these things. So very, very cool. All right. So how can people connect with you the easiest? So we will make sure all the links that everyone might look for will be in the show notes, but you tell us where's the best place to go to connect with Suze Chadwick. Yeah, the two, uh, probably the two best places, obviously the website, so suzechadwick.com, and then I'm mainly on Instagram, at so all of my socials are suzechadwick, uh, but then the podcast is good as well if you're looking for additional content, just the Brand Builders Lab, so those are probably the best we'll places. Sure all of those links are easy for people to find. All right, putting on the spot here, but I have no doubt you'll be like, what would be the thing am I going to share? What's a final piece of wisdom that you'd like to share with these kind of these ambitious, you know, impact-driven souls that are tuning in today? Like now, do it now. Yes. Like don't what wait. are you, what are you waiting for? Like, you know, something lead with fun, like lead, follow your intuition, follow the breadcrumbs and go after the things that light you up, light your community up and make you feel like you're thriving. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me. I, as I said, no doubt in my mind that we're going to have a great conversation. I love it. Like, well, what, but what do we end up talking about? Because there's so many ways we could go. And I always feel and trust that what we created in our conversation and what we'll share with the world through She Leads, She Thrives with this episode is exactly what is ready and waiting to be heard out there. So thank you, Suze, for joining me. And listeners, thank you for tuning in and listening to Suze and I. If there's something that Suze has said today, please reach out to her. Go and follow her. As I said, I know she's lots of fun. I hope I've got that across to you all and you pick that up in her, you know, in the way she's been today on the podcast. She is bold. But remember, we also said bold doesn't mean to be like you're very, you know, the extrovert that Suze obviously is. Um, find your own way of being bold. Take Suze's suggestions and use them as motivation to go out there and to create your own, you know, incredible brand and find the inner rebel. You know, there's so much, I think, richness to bring to the world when we see the rebellious sides of people come to life. It's so, so cool. So thank you, Sue. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You know what to do. Make sure you've downloaded all the episodes. Go and, go and rate, share, tell everyone about the great episodes, whether it's one or all of them. And let's get more kind of energy of, you know, remembering that thriving is your birthright and you can influence that in every moment and every day. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. You are so valued and appreciated. Aside from this podcast, my favorite place to hang out online is definitely Instagram. So come and join me, Shannon underscore the Thrive Factor. And no, my DMs are always open for genuine questions and connections. For all the latest Thrive Factor goodness, visit thrivefactorco.com forward slash links, where you'll find more about thriving in life and business. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show and share it with your friends. Let's amplify thriving the world over.